0: what's going on everybody welcome back to the podcast welcome in to another episode of the triple play fantasy football show a proud member of fantasy points and the fantasy points media Group reminder if you use, if you use code triple play 22 you will get a 10 percent discount over at fantasypoints.com where you'll be able to use all of their rankings, their DFS tools. You'll listen, be able to listen to all the podcasts, the written work, everything over there. So many great stuff over at fantasypoints.com. D-Mendy here joined by just Doc today. It's a brother's show. I don't know if we've ever done this before. I, I'm really thinking about it. Have we ever done a show, just you and I, for anything?
1: I don't think we've done a show. We The last thing we did, and I'm not even trying to take a victory lap, but this is going to be one. So when we did training camp battles. Of Rojo versus Fournette (laughs) last year and you're putting together this great case for Rojo and Fournette just week two nails him in the ground
0: yeah I mean to be honest like Rojo is just gonna be a year off because this year is gonna be what he was supposed to be last year
1: I'm with you David nobody else on Twitter I've seen is defending Rojo and I'm with you I'm so in on him this year
0: Yeah. I I think he's going to be the leader in the chiefs backfield this year. You you were right about Leonard Fournette. I will give you that. He, I don't have it in front of me, but I believe he was a a top five or six running back last year. So props to you for that call. I don't know if you'll get all of them right, but you definitely hit that one for sure.
1: (laughs) It's a good thing. This isn't our baseball show.
0: (laughs) Well, then I'll get all those calls, right? If we, uh, if it was the baseball show for sure. Uh, But We're hitting our last division today. Johnny's still in Maine. Brad Stradamus could not do the show tonight, but we are, of course, going to make sure we get the show out weekly to you guys. And we're hitting our last division, which is the AFC East tonight. And Doc and I are each are going to take two teams in this division. I'm going to take the Jets and Dolphins, and Doc is going to take the Bills and Patriots. And we're going to basically tell you rookies that are relevant for fantasy football this year, and then we're going to talk about just fantasy-relevant players in general for each of these teams. Now, was why we kick things off with the rookie discussion, Doc, and let's first talk about the New England Patriots. Any relevant rookies? There's one in particular I really like for this team. Yeah, I'm going to let know. you talk about him first.
1: Yeah, well, I, the first guy is the one they took in the second round, and that's not your guy, but it's Tyquan Thornton out of Baylor. And this was a guy that a lot of people had pegged as a later round pick. He needs to put on a little weight. He's 183, but he's 6'3", 428 speed, 36 and a half inch vertical didn't put up a great stats for college line never cracked a thousand yards junior season in five games 16 for 158 and one senior season a look much much better 62 948 and 10 um and patriots are really adding speed this offseason which is takes me into my second one your guy pierre mm-hmm. strong who ran a 437 um redshirt his freshman year but Sophomore year, 1,100 yards, 11 touchdowns, um, really great at the blitz pickup, which I could see him getting a lot of play in time for that. And, I mean, f- senior season, 18 rushing touchdowns, seven yards per carry. This is Damian, Damian Harris' final year in his rookie deals as a contract year, and I don't think they bring him back. So I think Pierre strong, and especially if they move Harris, could get some valuable run. Or Pierre Strong. I'm looking at mm-hmm. <laughs> Kevin Harris, who they took in the sixth round. And limited by a back injury at South Carolina. Um, but what I think what we're seeing with the Patriots, they're really going to be a run-first offense. And with all that said, I I would not be surprised if they get rid of Damian Harris at the trade deadline if a team would even give him a fifth or, fifth or sixth-round pick. The only other rookie is Bailey Zappi. He's fighting for their backup out of Western Kentucky, but I don't think he'll be fantasy relevant
0: fighting for their backup. What quarterback quarterback? Yeah. uh, Talking about Pierre strong and and, uh, our buddy sports Wikipedia is checking in with us. Josh Allen's be a top three quarterback this season. I think, I think he's top one. I I think he is too. I'm We're right there with you, buddy on that one for sure. Pierre strong going back to him for a second. I had him ranked as my RB five of this class. And, he's going to make a splash. I think more than people realize this year, he was PFFs highest rated rusher last season, his 3.3 yards per play ranked second, most among running backs in this class. And that's a a statistic that's used a lot for, uh, they talk about as far as standouts and later round picks, This same statistic also highlighted Elijah Mitchell and Ramondre Stevenson out of smaller schools and later round picks. Now, what I really like, you talked about the 4 40-yard dash, 95th percentile, 36-inch vertical, 71st percentile, and 124-inch broad jump, 84th percentile. He should immediately step in and have a chance to have a, a third down type of role for this team. Like if James White especially starts out on Pup, which it's been hinted that he might and miss six games. There's a good chance that you go away from the Damian Harris or Stevenson mold and you get a guy that's very quick. If you look at his tape, the way he makes his cuts is very precise, very quick. He's a very decisive one cut runner and he's got the speed to back it up. So if he gets in the open field, he has game breaking speed. I don't even think
1: think he needs a James White injury to have fantasy relevant weeks because when does Belichick ever stick to one running back?
0: That's true. I just think people right now are like, oh, if James White's healthy, he can't really have a role because it's James White on third down and Damian Harris Ramondre Stevenson on first and second down. I-, I do think he can step in Pierre Strong Jr. And if James White starts out on pup, I will be taking Pierre Strong Jr. as my last round pick in so many of my fantasy drafts. He's one of my favorite sleepers this year. Uh NBA rig checking in here. What up, Tree Play Family? AFC East is splash. <laughs> That'singly studly. Oh, that's our guy. NBA rigged. Let's talk about the New York jets and let's talk about some rookies that they have. Garrett Wilson is the big one that people are first are going to focus on. He may not be Debo Samuel, but he's got all the tools to be a good receiver. He could have the dual threat type of role. If they gave him that type of thing, that's how good he is. He's one of the best jump ball receivers I've seen over the last couple of years. He's not Drake London in terms of a 50, 50 ball. But he goes up there and makes such athletic catches. It is unreal the types of catches this guy can make. Uh he's the he was the consensus wide receiver one towards the end of draft season, or towards, I'm sorry, towards the end of uh, right before the NFL draft. It was Traylon Burks for a little while and then Garrett Wilson, but then Garrett Wilson rose to the top. Um scored 12 touchdowns last year. He's got some of um, the best footwork, polished route runner, plenty of speed, and He's going to, I think, from day one, be the, the number one receiver in this offense for the Jets. I don't know. I have to look at my rankings. I think I have him more as a flex play, at least to start out the year. I don't know if I have him as a top 24 wide receiver right now. I think he's just outside of that. But he has got so much potential. It's all going to come down to Zach Wilson. The other player that the Jets drafted that's a very much a notable fantasy asset is going to be Brees Hall, the top running back in this class by many 4 3 9 on the 40 yard dash. The Jets traded up to get him. Uh, Michael Carter is going to take some work away from him. I, I can see it being like a 65 35 split, something like maybe like you, in real life terms, you could see like a Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison type of role. Uh, I don't, this is definitely not going to be a workhorse type of back. And I do think Michael Carter gets some third down work here. But Brees Hall, 1572 yards, rushing and had at least 1,472 yards in his first two years, scored a ton of touchdowns, 41 rushing touchdowns in 2020 and 2021. Uh, He's a complete back, and he's somebody that I have as an RB2 this year, a very high-end RB2. I think he's my RB17. So Brees Hall is somebody that's going to be very relevant. What are your thoughts on those two guys, Doc?
1: Dude, I was going to ask, or I was going to say, am I a Debbie Downer for having Hall significantly downgraded? just because of the Jets. And I do think the Jets will be better, but I look at their division and they'll probably be playing from behind for a lot of games. Like Bills and Dolphins could have two of the top five offenses. I think the Dolphins are a big wild card. I think the Patriots are going to be a lot better too. And I think that's not a favorable game script for a running back, at least in a redraft league. I could see where the value does come in in a dynasty just because young running backs, especially ones with his pedigree, I just can't get on board with him this year, but for those opposite reasons, that's why I do love Garrett Wilson, because I think they do want to see if Zach Wilson is their future. And now they've given him two wide receiver ones or first round wide receivers in back-to-back seasons. I mean, you can't really do much more to see if your rookie quarterback can excel.
0: Yeah. We'll touch on Elijah more in a second. Uh, do the bills have a top five secondary. They got Tyron Johnson, Carlos Hyde, Boyer. Uh, they have, obviously David's uh, white, David's white.
1: Uh, yeah, I think so.
0: I do too there. I mean, bills are such a complete team. We'll touch on them in a second, their whole team, but tell us about some of the rookies. Did they have any re- uh, One thing with the jets I didn't bring up is they had Jeremy Rucker out of Ohio state, the tight end, but he's the number three on the step chart behind CJ, Uzoma and Tyler Conklin. So he's not going to have any redraft relevance, I think for this year, go ahead and, and um talk about the bills rookies.
1: Yeah, so there's just going to be two offensive ones they drafted. And the first one, I mean, it's James Cook. And I think he is going to be a good change of pace back to Devin Singletary. Um, The Bills traded back twice to get him, which I think is interesting that they weren't jumping to get a running back. But they knew a second-round pick is an early one to spend on that. And on the depth chart right now, he's actually second to Singletary. I think he might take a McKissick role. Remember, he did sign with them verbally in free agency before backing out. but. In college, senior season, 113 carries and seven touchdowns, but also 27 receptions. And we know it's Josh Allen's team he's going to throw. I'm going to talk about how it fits into the Singletary take later. But Cook is someone I'm looking to target. And then the second one is Isaiah Shakir, who they took in the fifth round. He can play slot. He can do returns and end arounds. I think he will mostly be a return specialist this year, as they do have Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder. But maybe just a name to to uh, to target in later dynasties, because the Bills are going to have a top five offense, and if you can get someone like that in later in drafts, that could be a dart throw or a really deep league. You want players on good offenses.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I, James Cook is one of the is the best receiving back in this draft, and there's been talk that he could even replace Devin Singletary on early down work too. Uh, So he is somebody that I think people might sleep on as just a receiving back, but he's not a bad runner either. He's just a little small, but he literally, if you watch tape of him and you were to put a Vikings jersey on him, you would think he's Dalvin cook. They'd run so similarly just the the way you're saying that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I, I like James cook a lot, especially again, when you look at Brees Hall and Ken Walker, he's kind of the, the forgotten guy that's after those two. So. I like that call. The, the Dolphins rookie, it's, it's pretty simple. They have one rookie. They drafted Eric Ezukonema out of Texas Tech. Eric Ezukanma out of Texas Tech. Fourth round pick. He's going to be a special teams guy, it sounds like, as, as far as this year. He has to get his over his issue of focus drops, where he's over trying to over-focus like catching the ball, and he'll drop it. So uh, I don't think he's going to have any relevance barring injuries this year. Let's talk about now the actual just fantasy relevance of their fantasy relevant players for each team. Let's go back to the Patriots doc. Tell us about these skill position players, the quarterback Mac Jones and what we can expect from fantasy for this offense. Yeah. I'm looking at
1: my rankings now and I might have to move Mac Jones to my top 12 with some of the additions they've made. He averaged 30.6 pass attempts last year, but if you throw away the three, he had, he had, against Buffalo that one game where they just ran the ball. It's about 32 and a half. They've added Devontae Parker. And remember at one point last year, people were talking about the Patriots as Super Bowl contenders. They did go on a stretch where they won eight out of nine games. Mac Jones has apparently showed up in better shape than he did last year. And I mean, with Bill Belichick, you that's the best coach you want, at least shaping someone in terms of professionalism. So I think Mac Jones is due for a huge year this year. Everybody else on the team, and I'm going to touch on a lot of them, I think it's going to be a week-to-week game with them. It's just so hard to predict. I mean, Damian Harris, he had 220 carry games the first eight weeks, and then averaged 12 the final six weeks. I know he was hurt, but Ramondre Stevenson actually averaged more over the last five weeks at 13 per game. Devontae Parker can be a wide receiver 1-1 healthy, but injury prone. I mean, Jacoby, Mar- Jacoby Myers had 866 receiving yards and 83 receptions, but limited to two touchdowns. Hunter Henry led the team with nine, but is that going to continue? Remember they signed John new the year before, and he only caught one touchdown and 294 yards. So I just think with the Patriots, you they're rosterable, but it's tough to decide who you want to start week to week. And I wouldn't feel anyone confident besides Mac Jones or maybe Damian Harris at a flex.
0: I want to bring up Riggs post right here really quickly water bet Brees hall he's going to pop this season he's not going to pop how high do you think he will land in running back rankings i actually just updated my rankings earlier today and i have Brees halls rb14 so i have him as a very high-end rb2 and i do think he's going to pop this year because they're going to give him the work and he's a very talented running back doc where do you have Brees hall
1: I have Brees Hall right now as my running back 23 and I think that's about right.
0: But so I, let's let's so NBA rigged. But, uh, why don't you tell us where you have him? We'll figure out the over under between where we us three have him. Right now between Doc and I we would have him you have him as 23, I have him as 14. So, so that's 18, 18 and a half, 18 and a half. Is that going to be the line? 18 and a half or is that two? I might, I
1: might have to move it down a little bit.
0: So we'll see what re- where rigged has it, and then Sports Wikipedia says Dolphins and Patriots are going to finish close. Yeah, I think it's going to be one of those two teams for this division. Oh, not are the Bills? Are, are the, Bills the Bills? Yeah, what am I saying? <laughs> the Bills will be one. It'll be these two probably fighting for a second. I, I
1: but I, to be fair, I could see three out of the four teams getting playoff spots.
0: No, because the AFC West will take three teams. We'll see. We're going to bet that.
1: Um. I'd have to look at their schedule, but I might take you up on that.
0: Okay, we'll have to maybe make a future bet for that uh, because there is no way three of the AFC West teams unless I can one, see unless... the
1: Raiders missing it. I can see the Raiders still, but that's fine. Broncos.
0: It would still be the Broncos, Chargers, and Chiefs. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, we'll
1: see. We'll see. Hot take: Chiefs don't make it this year
0: uh sweet rb14 for day 23 for doc i have him outside rb2 outside of running back 24 he's really low rigged is really low on him that's going to be an interesting one to talk about in the discord here and he has michael carter and ty johnson are exceptional running backs i only envision Brees first and second downs i think michael carter's a third down back but Brees hall will get more catches i think than you think he will just my thoughts and sports wikipedia said if, if he got the carries damian harris could have a thousand rushing yards, he would have gotten it last year if he would had the carries. Yeah, Damian mean, Harris look, is.
1: I mean, look, Jonas Jonas Gray had two hundred yards in a game. He could have had a thousand yards for this season.
0: But I will say, Damian Harris. I did. I wrote this. Uh, I looked the stat up the other day. James Connor had forty three percent of his fantasy points come from touchdowns last year, which led all running backs. Part of that was rushing, and part of that was receiving. Damian Harris had forty two percent of his fantasy points come from rushing touchdowns. He did not get any receiving touchdowns last year. So 42% of his scoring came from touchdowns. That is something that does not repeat year after year. So Damien Harris was very red zone efficient. So if he doesn't get the same work, he's not going to get that same type of red zone efficiency. So I would expect he is a big regression candidate by many as well.
1: Once again, I'm touting it. Damien Harris gets
0: traded mid season. There you go. Um, which team? The New York Jets. That's right. We talked about them as the next team here. I feel Zach like the Moore, only one you
1: you can you can talk about is Zach Wilson because the others are mostly rookies. Well, Carter, I mean, not
0: I necessarily. Like, like we have Elijah uh, Elijah Moore. That's true. And, and a couple other guys. I'll talk you can about talk Zach about Wilson. Michael Carter Zach Wilson did have two 22 point plus fantasy games in the second half, rushing score in four of his last seven games. He was QB eleven from weeks thirteen to seventeen. And a QB rating of 80 or more in four of his last six games. So we did see flashes last year. Now there have been some reports that he hasn't been very accurate in some days of camp. Um, But Zach, this team goes as much as Zach Wilson goes. He's to me a mid QB two this year, not in one QB leagues. I'm not sniffing him in two QB leagues. He's a mid QB two. I don't have much interest outside of that. I do think he has some rushing upside, which will help Michael Carter. 13 touches in seven of his last eight games. He was the guy last year. He will be the complement this year. Uh, A pass-catching running back, if you will, and a good handcuff to Brees Hall. Uh, He has potential. I loved Michael Carter last year, but he's nothing more this season than a handcuff, in my opinion. Elijah Moore is the most intriguing one to talk about here, I think. Wide receiver two overall in fantasy from weeks nine to 13 last year. And he had eight targets in four of his last five games, at least eight targets scored double digit PPR points in six of his last seven games and five touchdowns over his last six games. He was going to be the wide receiver one for this team. He will now be the wide receiver two. He is a very sneaky flex play type of value, I think. And somebody that's going to get overshadowed in drafts because of Garrett Wilson. So I do think he would be a a very good, like you want a depth piece for your roster. You want like a, uh, your first or second guy on your bench at wide receiver that could be productive. He's definitely fits that mold for me this year. And then as far as the tight ends go, it's going to be a mix of this year, pretty much uh, CJ Uzoma and Tyler Conklin. Conklin has the edge in camp. According to reports, I don't think that he has much fantasy relevance outside like a tight end streamer. So that's random
1: touchdown of score of the week.
0: That's right. That's right. The other, there's so many, and we didn't even bring up Corey Davis. There's so many wide receivers for this team and running backs that are going to get thrown to the tight ends are just going to have very little fantasy relevance as it stands right now. Let's uh, talk about the bills doc. Josh Allen's QB one. I think we both are on that page. Yeah. Rushing upside is great. Is there much we have to say about him or should we talk about the other guys?
1: I literally had Josh Allen QB one in my notes and that's it. Okay. That's I, nice. I don't think there's much to dispute at this point. Um, I think Devin Singletary is very interesting, and I'm going to be lower on him this year than most. He was the RB2 for the fantasy playoffs, weeks 14 to 16. Now what I think is interesting during that stretch is he had 57 carries for 225 yards and four touchdowns, so averaging 19 carries a game, and then six catches for 49 yards. Now in the playoffs, the Bills scored 47 points and 36, and he had 26 carries. So I think when it's a must-win – They put the ball in Josh Allen's hands, whether he's throwing, whether it's the design bootleg. So that's what I think limits Singletary's upside. And that was probably the best stretch of his career. And that's where I think James Cook can take over his job. Singletary's 5'7", 203. If he can, if Cook can put on a little bit of weight before camp, I mean, he's 5'11", 190. And he's already beat Zach Moss out for it. So him being a little bit bigger, he could be that goal line back. So I'm fading Singletary at ADP, and I'm loving James Cook. I have Diggs as my wide receiver four, fourth in targets last year. He was the wide receiver one in 2020, and never below five targets in a game. And him and and Josh Allen have a good relationship, good rapport. Rumors are they go out and get breakfast together, (laughs) because that's an important metric. Now to talk about, David, has there been anyone talked about more in fantasy football this offseason besides Gabe Davis?
0: He's... He's like a uh, something in fantasy football. He's an icon. He's, I he's...
1: see a Gabe Davis tweet at least <laughs> once a day. So <laughs> I think he's, he's going to be the ultimate boomer bust option. So we were talking about him because the playoff game where he went eight for 201 and four touchdowns.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he showed some signs during the regular season, the last four games, eight, seven, three and 14 targets. It's a little bit misleading because his catch radius wasn't the best. For example, the 14 target game. He only had three receptions. But I want to give Michael Salfino credit on this tweet. So in five games where Gabe Davis had 80-plus percent share snaps, his stats, 42 targets, 24 for 101 and 7. And that's only five games. So if he was to do that for a season, it's a pace of 142 targets, which would be 82 catches, 1,363 yards, 24 touchdowns. Right now he's ranked at wide receiver 25, I think he's going to be very boom or bust because I think Diggs is going to have his games. I think Josh Allen will have a couple rushing scores. Dawson Knox had nine touchdowns last year. So I think he's he's going to be the Sammy Watkins. That's what I thought about. Is that a good comparison?
0: Sammy Watkins in terms of what?
1: Just Just in terms of his scoring, where he might have 10 for 120 and two touchdowns, and then go three for 51 next game.
0: I mean, it's hard to say just because he hasn't gotten a ton of opportunity. I do know his like touchdown percentage or touchdown rate in his first two years is like significantly higher than most people in his draft class, just because he's gets targeted in the red zone, a significant amount. Mm -hmm. Um, he's at two seasons below an 11% target share, two seasons below 600 yards. Josh Larkey, who uh, one of the smartest people in the space, put a tweet out that said, um, we don't see this type of breakout from wide receivers in year three that had those that had below an 11% target share and below 600 receiving yards in his first two years. The only other case in the past 20 years has been Stevie Johnson in 2008, when he was a rookie 2009, when he, Uh, in five games, and then in 2010 where he exploded. So you basically have to hope he has like a Stevie Johnson type of leap. He had a 27% target share in his third season, Stevie Johnson did. I don't think Gabe Davis doesn't get anywhere near that type of target share. Um, He's a very hard player to figure out, especially I think as his ADP is pushed up, people are scared if his ADP gets pushed down. People love the potential, so it's hard to talk about.
1: Yeah, I... I mean, that's the thing. I think everybody from the Bills is going to have their own games. I mean, I think we'd all agree. Stephon Diggs is the unquestioned wide receiver one. I mean, Dawson Knox had nine touchdowns on 49 receptions last year and had seven games with five or more targets. They had 11 rushing touchdowns last year from non-quarterbacks. I see that number going up a little bit. So I think he's going to have to make the most of his efficiency, I can't touch him at his ADP right now because it's just too volatile. But I mean, there's going to be people. You're either right or wrong about him. There's going to be no middle ground.
0: He's the he's the player that people are like, I'm all in or I'm all out based exactly. on price. Um, Riggs said Stevie Johnson. Yeah, he's the man. Gabriel Davis or Elijah Moore. Gabe Davis. I probably go Gabe Davis because of the quarterback. I think. And then you also I'm very low on Elijah and, and uh, Garrett Wilson. They well, at most have three touchdowns. Each of them is a great red zone target, touchdown vulture, running backs will get TD Vultures. Look out for Elijah disappointment. It's all gonna be on Zach Wilson. If Zach Wilson I mean, he has no excuse. And that's what I've said when they drafted Garrett Wilson in this in the first round. I said he has no excuse at this point, and Brees Hall in the second. There's so many weapons around him that if he does not succeed this year, like the line is considered above average as well, it's on him. And they're going to probably seriously be considering looking for another quarterback, which sounds crazy. But I-, I guarantee you if Zach Wilson has a really disappointing year that you could see them looking for another quarterback. Agreed. Um, which is crazy after two years. Let's touch on the Dolphins real quick because we got to get out of here in a couple, in the next few minutes here. To a tag of Aloha do you think he makes a leap this year doc out to maybe to uh could he be a back-end qb1 yeah
1: i think he has back-end qb1 weeks i mean i have tyree kill as my wide receiver one i think you're really
0: I mean,
1: oh yeah i think the chiefs are going to realize i mean how think about that play against the bills how many people can take a slant like that and then take it to the house where they outrun the entire he defense had like
0: over 120 targets last year tyree Hill did
1: Tyreek Hill, let's see it where he was in terms of targets last year. Three, four, fifth. He was seventh in targets last year.
0: I mean, that's pretty high.
1: <laughs> I there were games he was phased out. Three, two, four, five, four. Do you
0: know for sure if those were games he was hurt or not?
1: I'm assuming the only game he wasn't hurt or that they had limited snaps on was week eighteen.
0: Um He's,
1: Tyreek Hill is the only player that can take a slant for a touchdown and then you can throw a jump ball to because his vertical is crazy. I, I honestly think he's the best wide receiver in the NFL right now.
0: I mean, he's good. It's just, it's going to be a question of Tua getting him the ball and him and Jalen Waddle are definitely fast. I have Tyreek Hill as my wide receiver. I believe seven or eight. I have to, pull up my rankings it's
1: crazy that I'm higher on a. I was. I feel like I was higher on him when he was with the Chiefs than you were
0: yeah he's I mean but he, he's two is two are gonna be able to get him the ball when space like the thing that's gonna be hard is people look at like when a quarterback gets a receiver on the ball and they catch it but one of the little things is quarterbacks that can get receivers the ball where they can make space after the catch. Yeah, get them in stride. And Jacoby Brissett is somebody like I was talking about him on the 33rd team the other day. He's somebody that struggles to get players the ball where they can make moves after the catch. It's like they're making the catch, but then they have to adjust and they can't make you can't make yak. And Mahomes Puts the ball in these perfect places where you can make yards after the catch. Is Tua going to be able to do that for Tyreek? Is he going to throw a fifty-yard bomb where Tyreek gets behind the defense and he has to slow down to adjust and catch it? Where it's hey, he caught a fifty-yard bomb. Where if Mahomes threw it, that ball is literally right in the breadbasket and he's gone. That those are the types of things that I'm worried about with him. And I, I do think that Tyreek Hill will be a wide receiver one. I just don't think he will be the wide receiver one, but. That you know, we could have an over/under with that as well. I mean,
1: we look. We talk about the bet or with Zach Wilson having all these options. It's the same with Tua. His his options are better. Yeah. I and mean, they have they have a stacked backfield. He has a pretty good tight end in Mike Gesicki. Chase Edmonds is a good receiving back. Raheem Mostert and well, Sony Michelle.
0: Let's talk about the running backs to finish it out here, because Sportsbook Wikipedia says did the Dolphins do anything to improve their rushing offense? Arguably, the worst last season. Chase Edmonds is going to be the guy this year, based off what they're paying him. They're paying him decent money. Raheem Mostert's on a one-year, very small contract. I think it's going to be a, the Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert show. Mainly, you have Miles Gaskin still there, and Sonny Michelle is there. I, I do think those guys are less relevant. I think it's going to be Chase Edmonds getting, you know, something like eleven carries and like five catches, you know, four to five catches, something like that and maybe he gets a total of 15 to 18 touches per week. And then Raheem Mostert maybe gets like 10 to 12 touches per week, especially with his injury history over the last couple of years. I think that's how it kind of shakes out with them. But overall, a much better rushing offense, I would have to say. You agree?
1: Yeah, I mean, you have to. But
0: Gabe Davis or Chase Claypool?
1: But I also am, and you know I'm the Chase Edmonds guy. He's the lowest on the three for me.
0: He's the lowest. In, in, the in, ter-
1: in terms of ADP, yeah, because he doesn't get touchdowns. He's been a little bit fragile. I think, like you said, he's best when he's used sparingly. But 11 carries is a lot per game. I would love the taking Mostert at his ADP first because he played one game last year and then got knee surgery. So, I mean, he's essentially
0: rested for a year.
1: And they signed him to a one-year deal, which makes me think that they don't have a problem running him into the ground if needed.
0: We'll see. Uh obviously Raheem Mostert's definitely been really injury prone the last couple of years here. The uh, the
1: thing is before so in twenty twenty, he had the top uh speed for a running back on a carry. I think he reached close to twenty two miles an hour. Yeah. So he has that speed you're looking for.
0: That's for sure. Let's wrap up the show. Riggs at Gabriel Davis or Chase Claypool, Claypool. Gabriel Davis for me. No, we differ on that. We'll have to debate that. Training camp battle, round two. That's a good one. We'll have to do that one. Anyone listening to the pod, avoid any Dolphins running back period, says rigged. Uh, Depending on Edmonds where he goes, I'll draft him, but it it can't be at a current ADP. It'd have to be a little bit of a slip. So I I can understand where Rick's coming from with that. But on that note, I got to get ready for the call-up, which if you're a triple play fan, is another podcast we do here. It's the minor league baseball version. I got to hop on that. Doc, I think we killed the AFC East pretty well for us too. A 33 minute pie between us two. That's pretty wild.
1: This is the most we've talked in
0: a week. Yeah, you've been at the beach and dealing with house trouble troubles. So keep your fingers crossed for Doc and him dealing with his home maintenance issues.
1: Yeah we're going on uh we're going on day 10 with no hot water. So those cold showers are brutal.
0: You uh showering at the gym?
1: That's exactly no. what I'm doing. I go to the gym now just to shower.
0: That's awesome. You guys rock through the show. Rigged, you are the man. We got to have a drink in person one of these days. And if you want to hang out with us and Rigged, who is, I would say, the crown jewel in the triple play Discord, the link to the Discord is always in the episode description, or you can message Docker myself. I'm at dmendio 2 and Docs at triple play fantasy. We'll send you a link to hop in the triple play fantasy Discord. So it's a fun time in there. Make sure you check that out. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel. We just hit. 2.15K and looking to try to hit 3K by the end of this year. You subscribing and watching always helps that journey there. And, of course, if you're on the podcast version, we appreciate you guys listening. But for Doc, I'm D-Mendy. We're going to make like a bread truck, and we're going to haul these buns. Never get tired of that. Catch you guys next week.